dear friends of mine, please stand with me out of respect for the Word of God. Please turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3. <clears throat> I believe the passage that deals with the last days and wokeism specifically as we know it. 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Holy Word of God reads, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And we're living in perilous times. More perilous now than I can uh, in my lifetime. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. And we're going to wrap that prophecy up uh, tonight by way of review. And then we're going to move on to another sign of the times. The love of money and the love of material things. Covetousness. Desiring and wanting what other people have. Which is not only the case in the world, but sadly over the past <clears throat> 60, 70 years, the case in the church. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, Lord, help everybody to pray and not just to listen to me pray. Hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for the prayers that you have led me to pray throughout the, the day. And Lord, I pray that you would hear and answer my prayers once again as you've done thousands of times down through the years. I praise you and I thank you for the privilege, the power, and the peace that comes from prayer. And I praise you and I thank you for your mercy, your love, and your grace, which you have given to us in abundance. And I praise you and thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is sitting at your right hand interceding for us, and Lord, I praise you and thank you for the gift of your Holy Ghost, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you <coughs> for salvation, 
spiritual, family, life, financial, material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us all down through the years. And Lord, my faith still looks up to thee. And Holy Father God, I do look forward to your coming. And at the same time, I thank you for chastising your church and rebuking your church. For we are not worthy of being raptured, of course, at this time. And thank you, Lord, for uh, dealing with us and dealing with those who don't know you so that they would come to know you. And help us to all understand what you're doing in our own lives. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight for those of us, Lord, who are saved by your grace, have continued mercy and grace upon us through Jesus Christ, and where we have sinned against you in any way, in word, thought, or deed, and attitude, where we have grieved your Holy Spirit or quenched your Holy Spirit in any way, for Lord, all of us are so wicked that we can easily do that. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins, our faults, and our failures, as we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. Crush and crucify, Lord, our flesh and the old man within us, for those of us who are saved tonight, and fill us with the fullness and the power the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty, Lord, of your Holy Spirit. Demonstrate the power of your Holy Spirit in our lives and through us in every way. And deliver each and every one of us who name the name of Christ, Lord, from temptation, evil, and sin, Grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, to do right, to act right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. And Holy Father God, I do pray for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. I pray that you'll help each and every one of us who say that we're saved and born again to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our wicked sins and to get back to you, our first love. And Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of those who are religious but lost and even the woke people in my own family. I pray, Lord, that you will open their blinded eyes and unstop their deaf ears for their own good, including my own wife and her mother and her aunts and her siblings, uncles if she has any, uh, my mother, my sisters, and uh, other family members who are religious but lost and who will die and go to hell if they don't believe in you in a, in a real sense. Open their blinded eyes and stop their deaf ears and help them to hear and to see and to understand the gospel 
and to humble themselves down and believe in you and repent of their sins. <clears throat> Whoever they may be in my family, in this audience, in this country, and around the globe. And in Holy Father God, I pray that your Holy Ghost and all that you do will not give these people rest until they come to know you as Savior. And they become new creatures in Christ. We pray the same for uh, everybody in this country, in this world. We pray for the revival of those who are saved, the healing of those who are sick, the comfort of those who are grieving and mourning. And Holy Father God, we pray, Lord, tonight uh, that you would lift all of our burdens, cares, worries, and anxieties, troubles, and fill us with your peace that passes of all understanding and your joy unspeakable in your holy serenity and tranquility of mind and heart. And Lord, in spite of our persecutions and tribulations, troubles, trials, and temptations and tests, and uh, people who used to love us and support us, uh, forsaking us, uh, people who are Judases and who are traitors in the family and outside of the family, uh, which has happened to thousands of your saints down through the years. Lord, uh, in spite of all of that, I thank you for your peace that passes all understanding. I thank you for your joy unspeakable. I thank you for your holy serenity and tranquility of mind and heart. I thank you, Lord, for your cheerfulness. And I thank you, Lord, for uh, your having me to glory in these infirmities, persecutions, tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations, tests, and tensions. And I give you the glory, and I still pray that you deliver me from these things. Lord, uh, all of the things you want to deliver me from, I pray that you would. The thorns in the flesh that you want me to keep, then, Lord, uh, keep them in, uh, in my life and uh, use them in the way that you see fit. And at the same time, Lord, continue to give me your grace and your strength uh, 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 that you always give me. <coughs> Uh, to take pleasure in these things. And uh, I give you the glory, praise, and honor, even now and in advance. And I praise you and thank you, Lord, for the faith journey that you put me on and my family with me, especially my children. And oh, what a wonderful time we had serving you. And I will never uh, forget all that you led us to do together for your glory, praise, and honor, for your kingdom, and even tonight. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight that you would grant me your energy, your strength, your unction, your anointing, your freedom, and the power of your Holy Spirit to preach your Holy Word and your Holy Gospel, to teach your Holy Word, to pray, to uh, read your Holy Word as well. And Holy Father God, I pray that you would deliver each and every one of us who name the name of Christ in my family and outside of my family. Lord, deliver us from all spiritual and mental, physical and emotional, family, financial, legal, 
student loan debt, student progress problems, troubles, and difficulties that we're facing. And Holy Father God, I still pray for over $21,000 to come in so that we can replace everything and pay everything that needs to be paid <coughs> and do everything that needs to be done. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, cast the devil and the demons of hell out of my wife, Marika White, uh, and out of uh, people in her family, people in my family, and people in this country and around the globe who are demon-possessed and demon-oppressed. Give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Lord, again today. And Lord, as I prayed yesterday, and it worked so well, and you've done it in the past, I pray that you'll do it again tonight. As I pray this morning, that if Marika White does not humble herself down and get saved and become a new creature in Christ, I pray that you would continue to restrain her and control her uh, and stop her from trying to hinder your work in ministry as she has done nearly every day for 35 years. Even when Danny was a baby, my oldest daughter, uh, that was the first time I tried to lead her to you. Uh, and I uh, pretty much took it into my own hands and, and uh, prayed with her because that was one of the uh, earlier times I realized that she was not saved. So open her blinded eyes and stop her deaf ears <clears throat> and save her soul and change her life. Thank you, Lord, for remembering mercy, love, and grace in our lives. I mean, uh, uh, upon our lives in the midst of chastising us, punishing us, and rebuking us, which we need for we are terrible people. And Lord, I, I have no doubt that you have spewed us out of your mouth. And we deserve that. And uh, uh, contrary to what some people think that we're, we're the best Christians ever. And Lord, we're just not. And so I thank you for your chastisement and your rebuke. And I thank you that it is a chastisement and a plague in plagues of long continuance. I pray that you would continue to break the hard hearts and the stubborn minds and wheels. I'm reminded of a hymn that we used to sing uh, with the family years ago, before I started doing the de devotionals publicly. And uh, there's a phrase in one of the hymns that dealt with the stubborn wheel, which I uh, extrapolated out to mean my wife's stubborn wheel. And we had a good, it was a serious point, but we had a good laugh every time we would sing that song. And Holy Father God, I pray that you will bless and protect our family tonight and all of the families that are gathered on live or will be gathered on de on demand. Lord, protect us from ourselves, our flesh and the devil, and from the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, evil people in the world. Thwart and destroy 
the plots that they have against uh, uh, this your servant, against my family, for they would like to see the whole family destroyed <coughs> because of what you blessed us to do. So, Lord, I pray that you will uh, protect us from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil. Protect us, Lord, from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. Surround us with your protection. A band of your holy angels, a wall of your holy fire, cover us and cleanse us through the precious blood of Christ and make us to be whiter than snow. And, Holy Father God, I pray that you will have everything that we do and say to be done for your glory, praise, and honor, for the glory, praise, and honor of Jesus Christ, and for the good of others. And we're living in a day and time where there's no need for us to be trying to sugarcoat anything. And so I thank you for leading me to be very forthright in my preaching. And Lord, I pray that lost souls would be saved, Christians would be revived. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. I read the passage to you in your hearing that we're living in perilous times. One reason is because people will be lovers of themselves. Right underneath that, people will be greedy and not happy with what they have, but they want what you have. The word is literally, or the phrase is literally, self-lovers. <clears throat> people who practice self-love and points to the fact that the center, and this is by way of review, the center of gravity of the natural man, that is the lost man, be in the church or outside of the church, is self, rather than God. And that's not good. Whenever it's all about you, And, uh, and not all about God. That's a bad situation. Men will be lovers of themselves. Secondly, they will be lovers of money and material things, not only outside of the church, but inside of the church. It's all about getting rich or die trying. That's the mentality of most people outside of the church and inside of the church. Do you remember the prosperity gospel which is virtually dead now because it was dead on arrival. Churches should have never gotten caught up in it. And it was not only the charismatics and the uh, Holiness and the Pentecostals. And they influenced the Baptists, Bible churches, so-called evangelical churches, independent churches. All of a sudden, preachers everywhere 
measured their ministries by how much money they had, what kind of car they drove, whether or not they were living in a big fine house on Porkchop Hill. It was all about the dough, all about the money, all about the Benjamins and not about God. And no doubt it was not counting the dark ages and the medieval ages with the Catholic Church and how they tried to sell the souls of men to make money for the church on, on in this life. They sold indulgences and so forth. That was probably the lowest point of the church as a whole. But this was probably the second lowest church. It was a slap in God's face to lead God's people to be more concerned about the Benjamins, more concerned about the money, so-called prosperity gospel. And that bled over not only with money, but that your whole life ought to always be prosperous which led people to live a life of lying and dishonesty and deceit and corruptness to the point that they lied about their divorces, they lied about their side pieces, they lied about Ashley Madison, they lied about everything. Because in this demonic philosophy of the prosperity false gospel, Everything must go well for you. They lied about their health until they couldn't lie no more when the vengeance of God came down upon his people, upon the church. And they couldn't lie too much when the plague of the coronavirus hit them. They just died. They couldn't lie. They died. Many, many thousands, yea, millions in the church died because of taking communion uh, unworthily for so many years. <clears throat> Not only taking communion, but giving communion. Living hypocritical lives, phony lives, when God made it very clear that money cannot make you happy, money does not make you prosperous. I was glad to see somebody wrote a book uh, a while back said money cannot make you rich. And he's right about that. Money can't make you rich. There are people with money, they're not rich in peace, they're not rich in joy, they're not rich in contentment. They can buy anything in the world they want, but they're still not content. They're still not happy. They don't have any joy. They can't even uh, enjoy the pleasures of life. And I've seen over and over and over again how God will allow people to get rich and get a whole lot of money and they can have all the insurance in the world and their wife still die. They still die or their child die. 
or their family is shot to hell, their family is not intact. Covetousness. Warning, you're not satisfied with what you have. Warning what other people have. Keeping up with the Joneses and the Johnsons and the Jacobs and everybody else. And that was going on in the Prosperity Gospel Church. It was a fraud. It was not prosperity. It was teaching people how to get good credit so they can look prosperous. True prosperity is when you can buy the house that you want to buy with no restrictions. You don't have to worry about credit. You can buy it cash out. That's prosperity. You don't have to use a bank. You don't have to borrow a loan. You don't have to have a mortgage. I have known a few rich people in my life who are really prosperous. And they, and they don't brag. They don't talk about it. But what they do do, the husband will just call the car lot and buy, every year would buy himself uh, an Escalade, Cadillac Escalade, and buy his wife a matching Cadillac Escalade. New. They didn't even have to go down and get it. They drove it to them or they uh, put it on a truck and took it to them, to their office. And, and took the other ones away. They didn't check any credit because they knew his name. His name was good and they knew he had millions of dollars in the bank. In fact, he helped me to take a trip to uh, Great Britain. I, I didn't have quite all of the money and I needed a certain amount to make sure my family was taken care of and I was taken care of. And I didn't have to pay him back, but when I got back, I did pay him back. But that's what I'm trying to tell you. True prosperity, true uh, uh, richness, is when you, you buy cash out. Getting it on credit is not prosperity. That's just trying to impress people. Especially when the, uh, the interest rates go up and then you can't afford it anymore. And you do everything you can to keep it. And you're struggling. And you have to borrow more money and so forth to keep up the images, to keep up the uh, image that you're doing well, that you're prosperous. So many, so many people in churches have died over such foolishness. And have you noticed that most times it's just the pastor who prospers, not the people. The, pro the pastor is the only one who drives a Bentley. True prosperity will say everybody gets a Bentley. It was the pastor who lived in the big fine house on Porkchop Hill, not the old lady who loved the pastor so much, who lived in the projects with two children and no daddy, and was pulling down welfare. But she falsely believed in the false prophet that she could live like that too.
It was a total disaster and right up there with the evangelical disaster. Right up there with it. Both were evil. Both are evil. And I love all of these people. I'm not mad at anybody. All of them have been good to me. But they know it doesn't matter whether you're my friend or whether you have done something for me in the past. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to still preach what God lays on my heart. Because look at the mess we're in today because of the foolishness of the church. The foolish behavior of the church. The love of money is the root of all evil. There's nothing wrong with money, but the love of money. When you start thinking that God uh, is all about the Benjamins with you. That God is all about you having money. And that's the proof that he is blessing you. God has blessed millions and they didn't have anything. They lived in a shack. And there are, there are thousands of people who believe in God and believe in Jesus Christ who live in a shack today. The false prosperity gospel, by the way, uh, did not work in all of the other countries because it's a false gospel. And thank God some false gospel preachers have admitted It was wrong. Not only that, the, fa the false prosperity gospel didn't work during the coronavirus plague, did it? See, the true gospel works all the time. False gospels don't work. <clears throat> false prophets, false preachers, false teachers, false pastors don't work. When the trouble comes, these hirelings, they go. Like so many of them have left. You, you can't find them. The love of money is nothing new, but today people have the ability to pursue the love of money like never before. In recent years, newspapers featured a story about a woman named Brenda Blackman. Mind you, she was not mad herself, but... Uh, she enjoyed some measure of success in teaching a course titled How to Marry Money. And by the looks of some of you, you tried it. And it was a failure. The course attempts to show men and women how to marry rich. And by the way, this is a thing that people do. Some lying politicians have done it. And costs $39 per person. In the course, Miss Blackman offered helpful hints, such as how to search through your prospective mate's checkbooks. Right there, uh, you know that's the devil and that's devilish. Nobody should do that, male or female. You're conniving already and you don't even have the person. To study their deposits. To take pictures of their deposits. Then assess their income levels. She built her students' confidence by leading them in a chant several 
times through the lecture, just like some prosperity gospel pastors and preachers did for the past uh, 50 to 60 years. A bunch of lies. Physicians of no value. My wife and I, was we were reading Job again today. And uh, Job had to re- rebuke his miserable comforters. That's what uh, many of these so-called prosperity gospel pastors, they lied and lied and lied. Yeah, I'll lay hands on you and tomorrow you're going to have a $100,000 business. If I pray for you, if you buy this little holy water that I got from the tap out of my sink at home, uh, you'll be blessed with $250,000 in your mailbox tomorrow. And people, hook, line, and sinker, went for that. And if I was some of you people, I would sue these false prophets because you can't find them now. I would sue the daylights out of them and get your money back. That $1,000 seed offering, you need that now, don't you? Huh? It didn't go anywhere but into his pocket. He didn't build a building with it. He didn't win one soul with it. Or she didn't win one soul with it. If I were you, I would sue the daylights out. And you say, why don't you sue them? I have never given a dime to these hucksters. Not one penny. I never believed in them. And I felt sorry for you running down there and letting people slap demons into you on your forehead. That's why I told you, I've been telling you for years, don't let people put their hands, lay hands on you that you don't know. Instead of them casting out demons, they will cast demons in you. That's why you haven't been in straight since, since prophet do nothing laid hands on you. And you know, they love their titles, these people. Here's a, another title that they ought to love. Clown. That's what they are, many of them. Clowns. So, I want to be rich was the chant. They will say that six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. I want to be rich. I deserve to be rich. I am rich. I was born to be rich. Some pastors did that. But they're not preaching the Bible. They're preaching some book that they got from some uh, New Age individual. Napoleon Hill, chanting stuff like that. In one class, Miss Blackman was asked by a woman if it was all right to settle for a man whose income was about $100,000 a year. Remember now, she's single. Isn't it interesting how these single women have a whole lot to say about your marriage and about how you ought to get married and they're single, been divorced two or three times and remarried and divorced again? You better find out what's wrong with them. Why they, why they don't have a husband who's rich? And they got to be out here uh, 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 hustling meetings with you and getting your little $39 or your $390. And by the way, one of the tricks of these hucksters is to charge some exorbitant amount 
$2,000 for a conference and then, uh, and so be, be careful, don't get food. And then they say they're, they're going to reduce it down to $200 and they hook you that way. Oh, this is a great deal. It's a lie. These are the, um, the people who are close to the prosperity gospel people, the uh, people who sell products and build a downline. This is big. Has, it was big and has destroyed the lives of so many down through the years. No way. Miss Blackman replied, no way. Do not settle for a man or a woman who's only making $100,000 a year. That's not enough money. <clears throat> what if he was perfect in every other way? If he was in his peak earning years and he was maxed out at $100,000, Miss Blackman said, forget it. When someone asked her about the place of love in such relationships, she basically said, what's love got to do with the money? Ms. Blackman said that finding a mate, finding a man, finding a woman with that much dough, with that much money is the hard part. Learning to love that person is easy by comparison. And there are many people who think this way, not only women but men too. Some sorry men have married women because of their money so that they can run for political office and other such things. How could you not love someone who is doing all of these wonderful financial things for you? It's easy to do, men and women, if you're a whoremonger and you're a whore. Because your mentality already is, what's love got to do with it? When I'm getting paid, when I have money, Miss Blackman, not married, was single as she taught these courses to other people. She was raking in the dough. The love of self, number one. Number two, the love of money. And we'll pick it up here tomorrow if the Lord tarries his coming and we live. Let's pray. Oh, before we pray, let me uh, allow me to share with you uh, another passage as I am still giving you practical uh, reasons or practical uh, information about my own family and the woke people in my extended family who are trying to make my own children woke, which is going to be a tall order, because I led them to the Lord myself, personally, at the age of seven, and I prayed with them myself every day of their lives, and I read the Bible to them myself every day of their lives, 
and I preached the gospel and the word of God to them with their help for thousands of days. And they're still helping me even to this very night, even though they're all grown. And almost all of them have graduated from college, from a Christian university, where, of course, some people at the university do not act like Christians, like it is in all other places like that. But I am sharing with you an article, somewhat of a letter that I wrote to my own extended family members, basically, that includes my mother-in-law, my wife's mother, my mother, her, her uh, aunts, who are more devilish than her mother, and uh, her siblings. My mother, my two sisters, who all can be devilish, uh, and and all of them can be used by the devil to turn my children against God, against Jesus Christ, against the Word of God, and even against me, their only real parent. Even though my wife is uh, here with me tonight, and she was in the house when I raised them, she did all of the dirty work, and we're celebrating 35 years of marriage. Uh, in a few days. And I basically told all of my extended family members, if you cannot reinforce what I have taught my children by myself, and I raised them by myself, and my daughter is reaching out to you because she's never had a mother. She tried church folks, and that didn't work out. She tried a so-called mentor. That didn't, evidently, that didn't work out. And so she reached out to you all because she does not have a mother to reach out to to teach her how to be a woman. Her mother did not do it. Her mother's sitting here right now helping me in the ministry. She did not teach my daughters. God has blessed me with many daughters. She she just did not rise to the occasion. Some parents don't rise to the occasion. And yes, oftentimes it is men, but oftentimes it's women too. And some are worse than others. They, are, they harm their children physically. They hate their children and will try to kill their children like the woman killed her child on her breast choked the child to death on her breast because she would not latch on, suffocated her precious little child. And you want to know why I came home with my daughter, Daniela Danny White was a little baby, off the road, which I had traveled for nearly 10 years, traveled all over the world preaching the gospel, and I intended to continue to do that. when I found out that my wife was not rising to the occasion and that she was harming my daughter, I came off that road. God told me to come off the road to take care of my children, to make sure they're safe. No, I did not nurse them. No, I did not change any diapers. I made her do that. She had to do that. All of the dirty jobs. But I was there to protect my children. 
Because quite frankly, I didn't know what kind of demon she had in her that would cause my beautiful cherubic child to have an iron burn on her face when she was an infant. That's when I uh, came off the road. Daddy came home. And God, you say, well, did you stop preaching? Did you uh, stop doing ministry? Nope. God told me, come off the road. I'm glad you have that experience. That's what I called you to do. But I want you to do some another kind of ministry where you can be home every day. And you can watch your wife with your children and watch your children. And make sure she takes care of them. Isn't it amazing we have not heard that much about the woman who killed the beautiful little baby on her breast and was trying to kill the other one? And, 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 and here's, what people, here's what people say. She, she does not need jail. She needs uh, 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 medical care. My foot. Look at me real good. My foot. Uh-uh. She should never see those children again, the boy and the two girls, period, unless she's behind bars. And, 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 and the father, whoever has the children, better hold on to them real tight. I don't care anything about that. Because if a man hauled off and slapped the child and killed the child, everybody, including me, you got to go to jail. You cannot see these children again. You need to go to jail for a long time. Period. I told you in writing, my wife did the same thing, Marika White, standing here with me tonight. But I was there. God had me there when she was nursing the children. And when I would sit down to pray or start praying or get in, getting in position to pray, and she would nurse the baby because the baby was crying, all seven of them almost choked to death. I had to take the child from them and hold the child in my lap. I'm talking about gagging for their lives. Uh-huh. So you want to say something to me? You want to say something to me that I'm a mean old man and uh, uh, and I'm I'm hard and all of that? No, no. I saved my children's lives. I can see this in my mind today, and my wife cannot deny it. You say, "Well, preacher, how do you know it might have been an accident? How did you know that it wasn't an accident?" Look at me, common sense will tell you that God did not intend for a mother to breastfeed a child and choke the child almost to death on the milk or on the breast or whatever. And listen to me, 80% of the time to 90% of the time, it was while we were praying. And she never wanted to pray. Or while we were doing some kind of ministry work. Do you hear me? The devil was behind it. 
But uh, because I don't wrestle against flesh and blood, I knew the devil was behind it, but my children could have died. You say, well, why didn't you uh, call the police uh, when that uh, was happening? You know why? Because I handled it. Because I was there, that's why I was there. I protected my children from that. And I told her you were doing it, you were doing this on purpose. Because you hate God and you hate the ministry. And you think that this is going to distract me from doing what God has called me to do. Because you feel like I love these children more than I love you. This happened quite a few times. And it's not supposed to happen. No baby is supposed to gag her like she's about to die. I'm in turning red, can't catch her breath. Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. And if I had to tighten her up, I tighten her up. That's, I'm using terminology that my dad, Bishop Daniel White Jr., used to use. Now, you don't know what it means, and, 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 and he's not here to tell you. I dealt with it. I was the police officer. And I saved the lives of my children because I was there. And I, I told this man the same thing. I'm t- I tell all men who are in a situation like that, you need to be there with those children. If you, if you detect that your wife is not uh, all together there, the elevator is not going to the top, uh, 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 she's showing signs that she would harm the children. Man, you better be. You better stay in the home. He should see, and he should go to jail too for that baby dying. Cause I guarantee you, he saw some signs of this. But some people are more concerned about making that almighty dollar. They'll they'll leave the the, the child behind like that. <clears throat> anyway. First uh, Peter chapter three is where we are. This is another series of verses that I'm reading and have written for and put down for my extended family. Some of them are woke. Some don't know they're woke, but some know they're woke, and they're full of hell and the devil, and they want to tear up our family that God has blessed and used mightily. And they hate me and hate my preaching like I'm preaching right now. They hate it with a passion. I mean, that's the main thing. This is my extended family. That's the main thing they bring up. They want me to stop preaching. Now, you know that's the devil. And that's not going to happen until God says so. And they they read... BCNN1.com. I got a big old article smack dab in the middle there. I probably would have taken a vacation if they didn't try to come and cause a problem in my family with my children. I, I probably would have stopped by now 
But when I saw the devil in them, I don't know. I I just I just I guess I'll just uh, keep on preaching. Uh, I, I I said what Doctor Raymond Hancock said out of Morrow, Georgia. I think I'll go on anyhow. I mean, it's, it's in writing. I had already said it. It's in writing that I've already done what God called me to do. And in in uh, uh, the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I've done it for almost seven years now. I was going to call it, uh, cut it sh- uh, short. And make it just, uh, what, six years? A little over six years? Now I say with Raymond Hancock, Pastor Raymond Hancock, I, I think I'll just go on anyhow. Since you devils want to just show up and act like uh, demoniacs. Instead of say, you know what, we thank God for you, family member. And uh, we want to support your ministry, and I we don't we don't agree with everything you say, but thank I thank God that I have a son-in-law. I thank God I have a son. I thank God my grandchildren have a father like you. You raised them by yourself. I thank God that you stand for truth. I thank God that you've helped people get saved, and you've helped Christians uh, get through the most difficult time of their lives through this coronavirus plague. And so here's uh, $5,000 to help you in the ministry. Oh, no. You're not going to do that. Now, if I was a homosexual, queer, uh, out in the clubs with you and running women or running men or whatever like you, you like for people to do in the family, oh, you would, oh, you, I'll be the best thing since sliced bread to you. Why? Because you're woke. If I was down with you about Black Lives Matter, which is nothing but a Trojan horse for queers and transgender, they fooled you. And they took your money. You have been bamboozled. You have been had. You have been took. And now you run amok. And they, the, the homosexual, lesbians, transgendered people, they're living in mansions off the millions of dollars you foolishly gave to them. Am I not a black man who wrote the best-selling book, Letters to Young Black Men, Letters to Young Black Women, when black preachers preach? Editor-in-chief of Black Christian News, Negroes, have you lost your mind? Uh, you 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 mad at me because I'm not down with you on uh, uh, approving of homosexuality and homosexual marriage, which I don't and never will. And I don't approve of yours or anybody else's. Black, white, red, or yellow. You're mad at me because... I believe a man ought to be the head of his household. And then guess what? You don't have a man. You have run off your men with your nasty attitudes and all of that. And I was not going to have that from your daughter, period. I told her that before we got married. 
I said, we're, going to, we're not going to do it your parents' way. We're not going to do it my parents' way. We're going to do it Ephesians 5 and 6 way. And if you agree to that, let's get married. If not, we need to call it off. I told her that before we got married. Mommy. And one of the reasons, that's my mother-in-law. My other mommy, one of the reasons why I, I was not going to do that is because that's what you did to my dad. You controlled and dominated him. And you knew you did it because you said so. Because he moved too slow. He, he didn't move on with things. And he didn't do what you wanted him to do fast enough. So you just wanted to, to, take, you wanted to take control. No disrespect. I still love you. But that's evil as hell. And when you know better, you need to do better. And you and now you're doing it uh, in the church. Calling yourself an apostle, a pastor, got your daughters calling themselves pastors over men, all of y'all over the men of the church. These things, as James said, ought not so to be. Now here's how God wants the, the wife to be, the woman to be, including you. See? See, this is why I know that you're not saved. Because born-again Christian people at some point, we'll submit to God and Jesus Christ and the Word of God and obey the Word of God and fear God enough to do so. They, and, you, and you may say, I don't understand and I don't like it, but I want to do it. I don't understand why I can't have uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten wives like the people in the Bible, men in the Bible. I, I wish I could do that in the flesh. I don't understand why, since my wife was not a good wife and mother, which she admits, why can't I go ahead and get a divorce and marry me a little sweet thing? Because God does not want me to do that. He made that very clear to me. That's it. That's all. And so I'm not going to cross that line. I'm not going to do that. Nor do I wish my wife to die, like some of the people out here in the world are not only wishing, and, but making it, trying to make it come to pass. First Peter chapter 3, the Bible reads, Ladies, <clears throat> likewise ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, even if I disobey the word, your daughter and your daughter-in-law should also, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation, the lifestyle of the wives. Have you ever read this, mommies? No, you, you, you haven't read this. You only read what you wanted to read. <clears throat> Have you taught this to the women in your churches? Church. Mom, I'm talking to you. Because my mother's, uh, my, my wife's mother is not a preacher. I'm t uh, not a, a preacher like you claim to be. Have you even taught this to your daughters? 
And both of you want to teach my daughters who I raised up on the word of God for the glory of God to be hellions like you all with all due respect. Disrespectful to your husbands. Put down men. Rule over men. Men are nothing. Is that, is that what you want? And is that what you want for your daughter? Because if she, if I had allowed her to do that, she would be divorced today and living off of you. Verse 2, while they behold your chaste conversation, your holy conversation. Mommies, do you have a holy conversation? That's not just the words that come out of your mouth. Aunties. Siblings. Mother, aunt, and sister mocking my preaching, the truth. And and the sister was supposed to be saved. I, I didn't know I didn't even know you were listening to me that much. You say, preacher, how can, why do you bring in uh, your woke family members into this message? You know why? Because this is happening in families across the nation, and there are thousands of people who are going through the same things. Why? Because it is a demonic spirit. God called me not to just deal with my family, but to preach to everybody. And yes, I know I have some family members who are trying to block my preaching because they hate it so much. It's just like they did in the Bible when they stuffed their ears up and held their hands up to their ears so they wouldn't hear the preacher preaching. So they pull little tricks, you know, on Facebook. They pull little tricks on YouTube, pull little tricks and so forth and act like they uh, want to help, but they really don't. In all of these years, they've heard me preach and have not offered a dime, my own family members, on both sides. You know why? Because I'm not conforming to what they want me to be. They, I'm not con- preaching the way they want me to preach, uh, to tickle their ears and to agree with them that the woman can do anything she wants over the man and she uh, has the authority over the man and and uh, the woman is free to preach over men and, and, and rule over men in the church and in the home. The devil is a lie. And I did not let your daughter or daughter-in-law do that. I didn't let your niece do that. And I'm glad I didn't. Because I don't want my daughters, uh, who have been, uh, all of my children, uh, are potentially cursed with the generational curses that come down from both sides of the family and the truth of the matter is the women on my my side are not good the women on my wife's side are not good i'm not picking on anybody i don't want my daughters to pick up any of y'all's damnable spirits from hell that's the truth you say well i never told you again 
that would be just fine with me. I'm not here to try to win friends and influence people like that. No, no, no. And you've never talked to me before until I, until, until I started. You, you heard I was preaching what I'm preaching. I'm preaching what the Word of God is saying right here. Coupled with fear, who's adorning ladies, mommies, sisters and sisters-in-law, aunties, who is adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold. Why are you emphasizing all of that? Go to church dressed to the nines. What are you doing? Trying to get somebody to look at you that ought not to be looking at you? Because you like the little notices and the little mm-hmm some deacon Bo Peep be saying and so-called preacher Bo Peep be saying to you. All dolled up. Or of putting on of apparel. We want you to put on clothes. God wants you to put up on clothes. But your emphasis should not be on the clothes you wear. That you go take your nieces and you take your grandchildren and your daughters uh, to the mall. And you all fuss all the way. Raise hell all the way there. Raise hell all the way back. Somebody cops an attitude and think, and, and you think that some retail therapy is going to help you, help you all. It never has. You got clothes in your closet, shoes in your closet. Uh, you have so much you've had to take it down to the Salvation Army that you haven't worn in years. You're more concerned about the outside. You're not a virtuous woman. None of you are virtuous, and you know it. But you want to act like you are. My wife uh, has, has adopted that spirit from you. Marika White. Uh, when, I met, when I first met her, she had a virtuous appearance, and, 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 and how she carried herself uh, was virtuous. She, she seemed to be innocent and, and, you know, and all of that. And, 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 and uh, I found out after we got married uh, that she was just putting on the dog. She wants people, thank God, uh, I mean, I, I went through 11 or 12 women trying to find a virgin, and she was the only one to tell me she was a virgin. But after we got married, uh, uh, I noticed that uh, that innocent, virtuous, little quiet, meek and quiet spirit that she gave off before we got married... That was not the real Marika White. And so she, she, she can put on the dog like she's meek and quiet and submissive and sweet and so forth. Uh, but you know she's not. You aunts know she's not. You, you aunts of hers. You, you know she's not. She's not that way. Never has been that way. 
and see what, what God will do in a case like that. Not all cases. But in my case, he did that. God let me know exactly how she really is from the jump after we got married. And believe it or not, one of the reasons why your daughter, your niece, your sister is still with her husband after 35 years is because she knows I have her number better than you do. And she knows that. I have her number better than you do. And I have not allowed her to get away with her foolishness. And all of you women know exactly what I'm talking about because you know women who get away with their foolishness and you have done so yourself. Foolishness. Rebelliousness. Stubbornness. Bad attitude. Disrespect towards her husband and all of that. Which if you had heard these words that I'm preaching tonight and reading tonight, and if you had paid attention to them and you were born again and saved, you would still have your husband. Verse 4, But let it be the hidden man of the heart. And remember now, okay, this message would not even be preached, preached if you didn't start it. And if you want to start it, uh, I'm going to join you in this battle, and uh, I'm going to finish it. Because my children are at stake, and they're going to hear the truth. About what's going on. You people are woke. You're filled with the spirit of wokeness. The blob of Beelzebub. That's what I'm preaching on in this series. And I'm using what I wrote about this matter. Openly and transparently. For the good of other people so they can see it. Uh, from a practical standpoint. It's not pretty. But it needs to be said. Because many, pa- many pastors. Many pastors wives. Many families are going through this today. Their children have been influenced. By some devilish woke family members. Or some devilish woke school members. Or some devilish woke pastors. And pastors wives. And churches. And they're coming home talking stupid, talking foolishly, talking about they want to be a boy when they were born a girl, they want to be a, uh, a girl when they, uh, want, they were born a boy, they want to be a homosexual, and uh, want to be angry and mad at the patriarchy that God put together, where men are in charge in the home and in the church. That's how it's always been in God's economy. That's how it is now. That's how it will always be. It 
I said, Preacher, you know, your mother's an apostle, and your sister's a pastor, and your other sister's a prophetess. Why didn't you uh, want to join up with them and, 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 and be a part of the church and, and sit under them? And, and, and so, listen to me. Look at me real good. You can tell by looking at me. I wouldn't want to be a part of that foolishness to save my life. It's nothing but demonic foolishness and chaos. God is not in it at all. All three of them ought to sit down and let my brother-in-law be the pastor there. He's more like my father, more loving, uh, like my father than all of us in our family, including me. He has a pastor's heart. And Robert has been more faithful and more loyal than any man I know down there. He ought to be the associate pastor or the pastor and, and, and uh, uh, my brother-in-law ought to be the associate pastor. They ought to be teaming up together, sit those women down and run the church like the Lord wants them to run it. Just make sure they don't have any side pieces which I've heard a lot about. They don't have any girlfriends on the side. They're not on Ashley Madison and so forth and so on. I, I, I would not want to be a part of it at all, period. To save my life. I would, not only that, I wouldn't want to be in any church like that. Because I know my role and I understand and know my authority and I want other men to know their authority and understand how God wired them and made them to be leaders in the home and in the church. They ought to But let it be the hidden man of the heart. Women, mommies, my mom, my mother-in-law, aunties, sisters, oh, 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 oh. Why would you get mad at me and I'm just reading the word of God to you. This is what God wants you to be. And all of you other women out there who want to be rulers over men in your home, your, your husband in your home and in the church. I'm talking to all of you. You're all full of hell and the devil. You're not saved because you resist the truth. Saved people are going to line up with the word of God they're not going to twist the word of God. And they're not going to say, well, Paul, you know, he had a problem with women. So that's why he said what he said. He was a misogynist. But you read John 3.16. Oh, I love that. I love it. That's true. That's true. That's true. Now, all of the word of God is true. You can't pick and choose. In that which is not corruptible, even the ornament 
of a meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of great price. And by the way, mommy, mother-in-law, aunties, sisters, on my wife's side, by the way, my mother, my sisters, first of all, how, how, were, how were your marriages? Period. A question mark. Second, your, your, your daughter or daughter-in-law or niece or sister or whoever, my wife, rather, Marika White, she would have had a wonderful life and a better life and a more quiet and peace life if she simply obeyed the word of God. But she was so full of hell and the devil like you are, and that curse passed down to her, and uh, she, she ran upon a man who was not going to tolerate it like your husbands did, your boyfriends did. I'm not going to tolerate that. And she knew it. And so there are things that she could have had that I did not give her. Because she was full of hell and the devil, did not love and care for her children, and wanted to disrespect God and his ministry, and wanted to disrespect me as a husband in front of my children. Oh, oh by the way, there are uh, some things I have not told you. Please do not push me about your daughter, your daughter-in-law, your niece. Just look at your own lives and you'll, you'll know what she did. And the kind of attitude she's had and uh, so forth. My children know some things that I have not mentioned. Do you want me to mention them tonight? I, I, I really don't want to do that. Don't push me. You said what you had to say. I'm saying what I'm saying now. And I, if I were you, I would leave it alone and leave my children alone and stop trying to make them twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Because every last one of you are going to hell in a handbasket if you don't humble yourself and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and repent of your sins of hating men, uh, trying to disrespect men, and trying to tear down men even in your offspring's life. What I'm reading to you is the word of God. What I read to you last night is the word of God. For after this, for after this, manna in the old time, the holy women, the holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands. That's the only way a marriage is going to work because that's God's way. God created marriage and he wrote the instruction book. How did your marriage work out? Did you obey the word of God? Did you really get all you wanted to get out of the marriage? 
Did you have all of the sex you wanted to have? Because your husband was interested in you? Because of how you submitted to him? How did it work out? Well, I know it didn't work out good at all because he's not even there. And you found out, as I have found out, that those urges, both my wife and I, are all up in age now, whether you believe it or not. I know we look young and beautiful and all that. I'm 63. My wife is younger than I am, but not much. And because I led the family and I led my wife to do it God's way and not our way, you found out when you got 63, which was about 20 years ago and older than that, that you still have those urges. Isn't that right? Still have those desires. I say this because I didn't think that once people get to 63 and 64 and 65 and 62 and 61 and 60, that, uh, but, 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 but I found out I, I, I have those same feelings and desires like I had when I was in my 20s. And my wife is the same way. And that becomes important when you have run off your husband. Or you ran off your wife. God is the reason why my wife is still here. And I thank God she is here. Even though she's not a great wife and not a great mother. And I know you want me to say otherwise. But that's not the truth. She has admitted it herself. The children know that to be true. And if you're saying, well, I'm, I'm not in for all of this, you should have never started this foolishness, this woke foolishness with me. You didn't know who you were dealing with, see. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Sarah, a woman that all of you have great, deep respect for. You honor her. You know why you honor her? Because you honor her husband. She respected her husband as unto the Lord. She respected her husband. She was smart enough pardon me, to respect her husband and to address him in a respectful way. I know you don't like for your daughter to call me daddy, but since I'm the head of the household and the king of this castle, if you know anything about royalty, royalty tells you how to address them and you must address them that way or you won't be, uh, you won't be uh, uh, having any access to them. That's right, your daughter, your daughter-in-law, your uh, niece, your sister has called me daddy since the beginning of the marriage before the children came, to this day. 
And when I tell her to do something, and this has been going on since that same time, she has to say, yes, sir, or no, sir, or whatever the case might be. I don't like that. What kind of relationship? That it's more of a relationship than what you have. Hello. It's more than a lesbian relationship. Now, did she like that at first? No, because she had a whole lot of you in her. Pride, stubbornness, rebelliousness, and all of that. But I confronted all of that and dealt with it. And that's how it is. And so, coming around me, coming up here, bothering me with your woke foolishness is not going to work. And by the way, if you were successful in using your woke principles of reductionism, Trying to put me down. Your woke principles of pride. Being nasty. Trying to shock people. Cursing people out. If you, even if you were successful. It would be of benefit to me. Because as I told her. And, 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 and she made her own decision. But as I told her. A long time ago, anytime you want to leave, you can leave. But just understand, uh, I'm getting married to somebody else. I'm, I'm going to get with somebody else. So that you, you would help me because you've admitted yourself that you're not a good wife and mother. It's not going to be any skin off my back if, if, if that's what you want to do. But just think about what you're doing. Do you really want her to come and live with you? And crimp your style and all the evil you're doing. She doesn't want to come and live with you because she, she wants to be free herself as an adult. Why? Because adult people are caught up in their own ways. You are. She is. I am. My children are. Everybody likes what they like. Everybody wants to do what they want to do. They're family members who don't need to be all up under one another. That's not God's design. And it's certainly not God's design when you have not been involved in 35 years and then all of a sudden you want to come with some woke authority trying to tell me something, Negro, you have lost your mind. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. That damnable woke foolishness is not going to work. Either way, even if you're successful in trying to turn my children against me, I'm still going to go on for God. And I'm going to go on in the precious memories that God gave me in raising my children because I was with them every day when you didn't do anything for them. Oh, I know you're giving them a little money now and, and uh, one or two of you on both sides of the family kind of rich and you able to do something for them and so forth and so on. That's, you should, but you should not try to take away their uh, love and respect for their father, who is the only parent that they know, 
who love them, who they wrote genuine, godly, loving letters to their father. Not to their mother, but to their father for years. They wrote so many, we had to put them in a book to, to, to preserve them. I mean, just, I mean, hundreds of letters, man. And you want to try to tear that apart? Even if you, I doubt if you're going to do that, but even if you do, mommies, and you want to get the crumbs of their affection by uh, taking advantage of their need for a mother, then you go ahead on and do that. But make sure you tell them that you're going to be gone soon and I'll still be here. And make sure you tell them that God never told them to honor their grandparents and obey their grandparents. God told them to honor their parents and obey their parents. But if you want the crumbs of that and you want the guilt of turning my children away from me, you go right ahead. Because I'm already, first of all, I have lived with these children all of their lives. I was there for them. You weren't. And the precious memories that God has put in my heart for them and with them will never be taken away. And what I poured in them, that's never going to be taken away, no matter what you do to them. You can bring, try to brainwash them all you want to. You can try to make my daughters into wicked feminists all you want to. They know the truth. You can try to make my children uh, be supportive of homosexuality all you want to. They know the truth. You say, isn't it going to hurt you if they never speak to you again? They never uh, want to eat with you again? And so, no, man. No, it's not going to hurt me. We've have spent so much time together and ate so many times together and prayed so many times together. Man, I can feast off of that until I get to heaven, which will not be long. Because I, I have died to myself. I'm not hurt by things like that because I left it all on the field. How about you? So you want to try to get with your daughter now because you didn't leave it on the field. You don't even know your daughter. My mother does not know me because they were not there. And, and I, 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 I say lovingly to both of you, you did the best you could. I'm not mad at you. But don't let the devil use you to try to come mess with me after 35 years. Man, you have lost your minds. This, this is what you get. See, and I'm not doing it just for you or for my children. I'm doing it for hundreds and thousands of other people. My heart is broken over the young people, the children being killed today. My, so far, my children have not died. By the grace of God, you know why? Because I prayed for them all the way through and I pray for them now. And, and I'm no better than anybody else, but I'm, my heart is broken over a beautiful little girl, uh, 14 years old, who hung herself by looking at something online. And her dad is just as good as I am. Her mother's, these are solid people. 
Another woman who had all kinds of controls on her daughter's phone. The child almost died anyway of anorexia. See? But But I'm here to tell you something that you don't want to hear. If one of my children die early, before you die, before we die, it's going to be your fault. Because what you have introduced them to, wokeism, the blob of Beelzebub, which is nothing but deceptionism, lies and dishonesty, foolishness, mind-bending, false ideas, destroying the patriarchy is a lie from the devil in hell. Uh, Trying to destroy men as head of household and head of the church is a lie from the devil and hell. The rise of feminism, you know, you know uh, uh, women rising above men and girl power and uh, girls rule the world and all that foolishness is a lie from hell. This ultra feminism. I'm, I'm happy for women who feel like they can rise up and do things. I have, I have no problem with that because I'm, I'm secure in my manhood. You're not going to hurt me. But like I have said in the past, you go right ahead on your journey. I'll be here when you get back because I'm not going with you. I have not gone on the journey with my mother. I disagree with my mother. I have not gone on the journey with my sisters. I disagree with what they have done. And they're going to find out that they were wrong in violating the scriptures when they get to get before God and they stand before God. Because they know better. And you're going to answer to God too, mother-in-law and aunties-in-law and sisters-in-law. And I believe that my sister's brother has more sense than all of you. I don't know the other brother, the little brother, but the older brother, I believe he has enough sense to not get involved in this. Probably because, like most men, they have been burnt by rebellious, stubborn, angry women like you. But they don't want to say anything. Well, I'm saying it. Because it needs to cease and it needs to stop, and guess what? It probably will not stop. At this point. But I'm still going to preach the truth about it. You see, you must understand as a person who is a Christian, they only are concerned about making sure they do their part that God has commanded them to do. Guess what? They get their satisfaction from doing what God has commanded them to do. Whether you respond positively to it or not, That's between you and God. I'm here to tell you 
the servant of God gets a full reward whether his family supports him or not, whether his family takes heed to it and repent or not, whether his friends and people he knows repent and get right with God or not, whether people get saved or not, I get my full reward by doing what God has called me to do. And I stand on the word of God. I stand on the promise of God and not your woke foolishness. You want to turn my children out to be all caught with Black Lives Matter? When we've been black all of our lives? Love being black? None of us, none of us have thought about being white. And we love white people. We thank God for white people. My children sat around the table when an old white couple basically gave us a, a mansion. And they were just grinning and smiling. When our house burned down, you didn't help. Two white strangers with smiles on their faces moved heaven and earth, if you will, to put us in a mansion, my friend. Beautiful. Magnificent. And we all enjoyed it while we were there, including our dog, Sal, which you did not know. I have to smile when I think about Sal. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your love that moves preachers to tell the truth even to their own family members and to their enemies. I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. And Holy Father God, I pray that you would bless and protect my children from their evil woke family members on both sides. I pray for the salvation, even at the preaching of your word, that they have never heard before in their lives. They've never heard preaching like this before. That they would take heed to your holy word and come to know you as Savior, confess their sins and repent of their sins, humble themselves down and believe in you, I pray the same for my wife, Marika White, who is here tonight, only by your grace and your miracle-working power, and only because of hearing hundreds and thousands of prayers from me since we and, and, and uh, my leading her in prayer, since we have, not only since we have been married, but as you know and as she knows, we prayed a lot before we got married. I remember this because she didn't want to pray. She, she uh, fell asleep every time. I can, I, I can remember one time in particular right now. 
And so we've been praying now beyond, praying together beyond 35 years. More like 37 years, I think. So I give you the glory, praise, and honor for that. And Lord, I pray that all of the hundreds and thousands of people who will hear this message around the world on demand, uh, Lord, will take heed to it and uh, understand that they're not the only ones going through the persecution that woke people like to put on Bible-believing Christian people. And Lord, help them to take heart and to take courage, to stand firm on your word and stand firm on your gospel. And understand even if they forsake them, that they are not forsaken because they have you. And so, Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, cast the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias out of my wife, Marika White, for she has a generational curse on her out of her mother, out of her aunts, and I've seen it in all of them now. Out of uh, her siblings, out of my mother, out of my siblings, and family members. Uh, it's amazing how that demon spirit can remain dormant until uh, they hear the preaching that uh, makes them disgruntled and convicts them. And so, Lord, open their blinded eyes and have your Holy Ghost to not give them rest until they humble themselves and uh, believe in Christ and repent of their sins. I pray now that you'll save those who are lost, revive those who are saved, and heal those who are sick. Comfort those who are grieving tonight. That family we saw on 60 Minutes last night, Lord, both of them, comfort those parents. For Lord, that's something, I, I don't care how long ago it happened, it's, uh, that, that never leaves a father, never leaves a mother. Lord, draw them to yourself for salvation and um, comfort them. And they're not the only ones. Thousands of families have lost their children. And this was their baby daughter who died before they died. God helped them and helped so many others. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, family members, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. If you were to die tonight, where would you go? It doesn't matter what you think about me. What do you think of Christ? The Bible says that we're all sinners, wicked, evil, ungodly sinners. Yes, even me, the Pope, the Dalai Lama, and even Joel Osteen, as nice as he may be. We're all wicked, evil sinners. We all have done evil. In God's sight. For the Bible says all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. On my wife's side. Including my wife. On my side of the family. And uh, people in this country and around the globe. 
We're all sinners. We've all committed sins like tell lies, falsely accuse people, bear false witness, covet and lust, as we were talking about tonight, lusting after other people and other things, coveting other people and other things that don't belong to us, which leads to theft, leads to murder. So many people have died over the sin of covetousness. This is why God did not want us to do it. This is why the judge asks, what was the motive? The prosecutor asks, what was the motive? They're concerned about what took place on the inside of the heart of that person. We have uh, stolen things, lied about things, lusted after things, dishonored and disobeyed our parents, dishonored and disobeyed God by taking his name in vain and lying on God with our hands on the Bible, vowing, affirming, and saying, God did not see me do that. God did see me do that. What a lie. And the Bible says that God will not hold that person guiltless who would do such a thing. We all have sin, haven't we? We've broken the Ten Commandments of God. But the Bible says also that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin, all of our sins, is death. That means that we're all going to die one day because of sin. You probably didn't know the reason why you, you, you die. Now you know. We die because of our sins, our sinful nature. And God wants you to understand that if he would allow you to die from this beautiful ball called earth, and one of the strange things about death is you don't know the day, you don't know the hour that you're going to die. But the Bible says it is appointed under men once to die. After this, the judgment. My wife and I were reading uh, the Bible this morning, and I think we read a note somewhere, and how it talked about that men may not know when they're going to die, but God has uh, on the calendar the day that you're going to die. God knows. That's somewhat frightening. That God knows the day you're going to die when you are going to draw your last breath, but you don't know. So when you hear a message like this, you need to take heed to it. Understand that if God will allow you to die from this beautiful greenish, whitish, bluish earth because of your sins, he will allow you to go straight to hell if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by the power of Almighty God. You will burn in hell forever. Jesus Christ preached on hell more than anybody in the Bible. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than he did about heaven. And at the same time, Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, the Son of God, said the most loving words ever said in the history of the world, the most amazing words ever said in the history of the world. And uh, Jesus Christ said the most important words ever said in the history of the world to mankind. When he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is the gospel according to Dr. Curtis Hudson, the gospel in a nutshell. God created this gospel. God initiated this gospel because the Bible says, Jesus Christ said, for God so loved the world. That means that God loves you. Even though you are a wicked, evil, ungodly sinner. Even though you're woke. Even though you're an adulterer or an adulteress. Even though you're a homosexual, a lesbian, a queer. God loves everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. God loves you so much that once he saves you, once you believe in Christ, you're not going to stay the same old wicked, evil, sinful way you are. You're going to repent. You're going to change. It may take a little time to grow into it, but you will. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou and you shall be saved. For God so loved the world that whosoever, the word whosoever means anybody at any time, red, yellow, black, or white, we're all precious in God's sight. Whosoever believeth means to trust in him, have faith in him, depend upon him to get saved. Whosoever believeth in him, Jesus Christ, in him, Jesus Christ, not believeth in the church, not believeth in a church building, not believeth in a pastor, not believeth in another man or woman, not believeth in money that you gave to the church or the work you did for the church. None of that can save you. Believe in him, Jesus Christ. For whosoever believeth in him, Jesus Christ, should not perish, that means you will not perish in hell, but have everlasting life. So, dear friend, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Avoid living a hellacious life and then going to hell to burn forever.
and go to heaven when you die to be with God in Jesus Christ where the wicked, Job says, will cease from troubling and the weary will be at rest. If you want to get saved tonight, you don't have to pay a dime. You don't have to do one ounce of work. You do not have to be in a church and you do not have to join a church. You do not have to speak in a tongue. You do not have to run around the church or dance. Just simply believe in the Lord Jesus Christ who died for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day. Sound like he did it all. He paid it all. You don't have anything to do but receive the gift of salvation. Just humble yourself down. Stop trying to do it yourself and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ who did it all and paid it all. Call on his name. The Bible says call on uh, for whosoever, there's that word again, whosoever means anybody at any time. Red, yellow, black, or white, we're all precious in God's sight. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. One of the things I fell in love about the gospel in Jesus Christ and salvation and the Bible is extremely simple. There's nothing hard about it. Yes, it is even easy. It wasn't easy for God. It wasn't easy for Jesus Christ. They did the heavy lifting. But it's easy for us. Why would God make it hard for us, ignorant and sinful people as we are? We would mess it up every time. He made it simple and he made it easy. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved. Follow me in prayer. Repeat after me, phrase by phrase, the sinner's prayer, believing in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose from the dead by the power of God. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have broken your Ten Commandments. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. Please forgive me of all of my wicked sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Please come into my heart and into my spirit. I receive you. Please save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of all of my sins. Help me to turn from my evil lifestyle and help me to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ tonight 
And if you pray that prayer in sincerity, according to the word of God, you are now saved from hell and you're on your way to heaven. To help you grow in the faith and become the Christian disciple that God wants you to be, go to gospellightsociety.com. You can go there right now and uh, pick up your free book, your free gift, titled What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Just tap on it and download it on whatever device you need to download it on and start reading it, and it will help you to grow stronger in the faith right from the get-go. On that same site, near the bottom, you will see podcasts populating there. Those podcasts will lead you to thousands of other podcasts dealing with nearly 50 different biblical theological subjects that you can listen to and grow even stronger and grow even faster. That's free of charge as well. Email us. Look for our email on the platform you're on. And let us know that you got saved. And if you have a prayer request, let us know what the, the prayer request is. Or if you have a question at any time. And we'll be glad to pray for you and to help you any way that we can.